This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Every holiday season for the past 32 years, the Hershey Company has aired this iconic ad. It has been a staple of the sights and sounds of the season. But in 2020, as if that year did not have enough nonsense, Hershey released a spin on the commercial. In the 2020 version, you might recall, it was titled Bells to Blossoms. A child's hand pops into the frame and grabs a Hershey kiss after the candies play a few bars of the song, and then a father-daughter duo smiling ear to ear uses the kiss to stop some to top some peanut butter blossom cookies as the carol continues to play on brass instruments instead of bells. The public went into an uproar. One fan tweeted, Hershey's redoing their Christmas commercial is personally the last straw of 2020 for me. I simply cannot go on. Look forward to original every year. Why change it? Don't ruin it now, someone else tweeted. And still another tweet, the perfect representation of 2020, completely ruined. You know, the older I get, the more I enjoy the customs and traditions of this time of year. It's probably why I wanted Carolyn to ring her bell at the very end of the song. It's like what bells have been meant to do for the past 32 years. It's tradition. But in all seriousness, this time of year is so rich and full of excitement. As you look around the sanctuary, doesn't it look beautiful? The greens have been hung, the halls have been decked, and the sights and sounds of the season are upon us at every turn. It really is a festive and joyous time of year. But it's a time when it might seem that holiday mantras such as joy to the world, peace on earth, and goodwill to men are created within our own collective imaginations only to fabricate this most wonderful time of the year. And the reality is, for many, even for some of us here, there are those who are struggling to feel the joy and to know the peace and enjoy the goodwill. To some, this time of year is anything but wonderful. For these, the hopes are dashed by their fears from throughout the years, and they are often they are met They meet these fears in the loneliness of the night as they miss loved ones and remember happier times. But if I may, just for a moment, I'd like to recenter our thoughts. And I would like for us to reconsider this season of Christmas. And I want to use Christmas as a season to help us to do so. And to do this, may I share a story with you? A story of a man who also experienced tremendous loss. Our story takes us back to the year 1861. It was earlier that year that the Confederacy had attacked Fort Sumter. The army garrison there, the Federal Army garrison there, ignited a civil war in the tinderbox of American politics. In July of that year, New England found itself also embroiled in an oppressive heat wave. In Massachusetts, there lived a particular family by the name of Longfellow. You might recognize that name, Longfellow, from American literature. This was indeed that great and famous poet, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Perhaps you remember his poems such as The Children's Hour, or The Song of Hiawatha, 
Or, of course, you all remember, Listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. On the 18th of April in 75, hardly a man is now alive who remembers that famous day and year. That is how Longfellow began his poem, Paul Revere's Ride. It was this Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that on July 11th, 1861, along with his wife Fanny, they were doing all they could to find relief for their seven-year-old little daughter Edie, whose heavy locks of hair had made her so very uncomfortable in that summer heat. In a final effort, Fanny decided to trim little Edie's hair. And with a bit of sentimentality, she saved a few of the locks in an envelope, and in an effort to preserve them, she began to seal the envelope with wax. But as she dropped the wax onto the envelope, some hot wax also fell onto the thin fabric of her dress. And in an odd coincidence, a sudden breeze on that otherwise hot and still day billowed through the open window and caught Fanny's dress on fire. Within seconds, both Fanny and Edie were engulfed in flames. The mother, holding her young daughter, tried frantically to, to put out the flames. She rushed into Henry's study. Henry tried as well to extinguish the flames, but he could not. He grabbed a rug, wrapped it around his wife, and held on, and then when that failed, he threw his body onto his wife and severely burned his own face, arms, and hands. Though Edie survived this ordeal, Fanny died the next morning from her burns. And Henry so badly burned, he was even unable to attend her funeral. And if you ever see a photograph of Longfellow taken after the fire, you'll see him with a full beard. He wore that beard to cover the gruesome scars. After this tragedy, Henry dreaded the coming of the holiday season. Fanny had always seemed to ensure the holidays were a joyful time in that Longfellow house. But with her gone, Christmas time turned into a time of darkness, heartache, pain, and a reminder of loss. And Henry's suffering was only compounded when his oldest son, Charlie, against the wishes of his father, quietly slipped out of the house and enlisted in the Union Army. For the sake of the memory of his wife, Henry tried to make the holidays a happy time for the children who were still left at home. But he had lost his joy. In fact, it was during the Christmas of 1862 that he wrote in his journal, he said, A Merry Christmas, say the children but that's no more for me. As the years 1862 and 1863 passed, the war took its toll on Henry and his family. First, Charlie came down with typhoid fever and malaria. And then on November 27, 1863, just about a month before Christmas, Charlie was shot through the left shoulder. The bullet exited under his right shoulder blade, leaving him paralyzed. He did survive the injury, but he was taken home to recover. Now Longfellow found himself staring down another Christmas season as a widower with five children dependent upon him and a paralyzed son teetering on the brink of death. And outside he heard the Christmas bells ringing, but the world was tearing itself apart. There didn't seem much space for peace on earth or goodwill toward men. And so as that Christmas approached, a reflective and a heartbroken poet sat down 
and he began to write these words. And I wonder if you might be able to relate to Longfellow's trauma as he wrote. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then, from each blacked, accursed mouth, the cannon thundered from the south, and with the sound the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. There is no peace on earth, I said. Can you imagine that kind of pain? Perhaps you've been there. Perhaps you're there now. You look around you, and you also hear the peal of the Christmas bells, and yet you proclaim peace, peace. There is no peace. The world you see is dark and brooding, and perhaps you have even lost hope. So it's to you I speak. All is not hopeless. All is not lost. Now let me share another story. This story of some, is of some men. Now we don't know exactly how many. We don't even know their names. But we do know what they experienced. In Luke chapter 2, we find that while Mary and Joseph were in a dirty, cramped, cold stable, several shepherds were out on a hillside, faithfully keeping watch over their flocks. Pastor Asher, I find it interesting that Luke is sure to tell us that these shepherds are fulfilling their responsibilities at night. I imagine this, for those of you in the Navy, to be the mid-watch. When night is its darkest. There they are, alone and unafraid, doing what they're supposed to be doing but it is in the darkness that they must operate. Now, I imagine that if they do have a fire, they must keep it small because the priority is not light, for they must keep their eyes trained and focused in the dark, staying vigilant against any wild animal that might swoop in and carry off one of the lambs. In my imagination, I also imagine it's cold. Now, I don't know if it was December and I don't know if it was spring. That doesn't really matter. But I do imagine, because it was night, the chill of the darkness is upon them. As they sat on this hillside, perhaps huddled together, and if they do have a fire, it's small. And small means it probably gives off little heat. There are relatively no comforts that would provide any meaningful relief from the, for the dark and cold in this long, dark watch. And it was into that darkness, into this coldness, that we find one of the most miraculous encounters ever proffered to man. While those shepherds sat in the weight of their darkness and in the numbness of their cold, the scriptures tell us that the angel of the Lord came upon them. And listen to this. The glory of the Lord shone round about them. To these wilderness-hardened shepherds, the Lord met them where they were and with what they needed. 
He brought light into their world at precisely the time they needed it. Throughout the scriptures, the heralding of good news, or what we call the gospel, is given with the metaphor of light. Jesus, whose advent was the embodiment of the word becoming flesh, even said, I am the light of the world. In another passage, an apostle says that in him, that is in Jesus, was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. He was the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Still in another place, the scriptures tell us, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. There is a dark, piercing light that came to the shepherds that night. And it was more than the physical, ambient radiation of a heavenly host. They did not merely show up, but they relayed a message to these shepherds. And do you recall what that message was? Let me read it again. You've already heard it one time tonight. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace goodwill toward men. Ladies and gentlemen, when the God of all glory pierces the darkness with his marvelous light, he does so by mercifully reaching down to us and bringing to us peace and goodwill. It is only when we experience the real and lasting peace of God that we find our darkness has been shattered. For his peace is different. His peace passes all our understanding. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth it, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Let me return quickly to our story of Mr. Longfellow. I skipped one verse of that famous Christmas carol. Remember Longfellow was writing about the bells he had heard on Christmas Day. Yes, he lost his beloved wife. Yes, his life was deeply scarred both physically and emotionally. Yes, his son lay paralyzed from wounds received in battle. Yes, a battle of our great civil war had engulfed our nation. Indeed, the days were dark. All around Mr. Longfellow, and indeed he was really questioning the presence of any peace in his life or on the earth. Remember the lines he wrote? And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But he didn't end the song there. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill toward men. God's marvelous light 
pierced even the pain and hopelessness, the hopeless darkness of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's own soul. It was the same light that manifested as the glory of the Lord that shone all about that angel multitude to those shepherds, to them on that dark and cold hillside, a light that found a voice in the sound of a multitude of angels who heralded the birth of that light of the world. Is your world dark? Have you lost hope? Have you bowed your head and in despair cried, there is no peace on earth? Then may I invite you to come into the light and walk in the light as he is in the light. For it is only in the light that we can really know peace on earth, goodwill toward men. So yes, as we look around and we see the Christmas decorations, there is hope. And that this can be a festive and joyous time of year. That it does have a redemptive message that speaks deeper into our souls than mere sights and sounds. That there is more than just mantras and empty platitudes. There truly is joy to the world. And there is peace on earth. And there is goodwill toward men for those whose faith hath led them to step out of darkness and his grace hath led them into his glorious light. Would you pray with me? Father, I'm reminded of the words of John the Baptist who when he said, I am not that light, but I came to bear witness of that light. Father, I pray that in the short time, the words I have said, I have been able to bear witness of the light. Father, I pray for the one here this evening who is hurting. Because they may know you as their Lord and Savior. But Father, perhaps their faith has been shaken. Father, they may have endured tremendous loss. And they wonder why. Lord, I pray that you would comfort them. I pray that you would watch over them. Father, for those who do not know you, if there is someone here, Lord, this evening who has not yet stepped into the marvelous light, Father, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. And Father, I pray that we would be light, that we would not hide the light, but Father, we would let our light so shine before men that they may glorify our Father who is in heaven. Father, thank you for what we have seen and heard here. I pray that you would continue to bless us and bless this time together. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. 
we encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and God's Word has had an impact on your life, as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.